Does everybody have a bulletin? Because much of what I'm going to say today is on the inside of the bulletin. Jake, can you call up our, uh, our website, please? So the, the name of the, my title today for my sermon is called Staying Connected. And so in a minute, I'm going to talk, I'm going to preach from Hebrews chapter 10. But before that, just um, in real practical ways, how we can stay connected here is, uh, um, curse, before we get to this, the best way to stay connected here is Sunday morning, consistent Sunday morning attendance. There's nothing beats face-to-face. Amen? I mean, real FaceTime, not Apple FaceTime. <laughs> real FaceTime, being able to see and hear. Because they say some, 90% of all communication is either body language or inflection in our voice. And so if you're living off of texts or emails, man, that, that leaves like less than 10% of what the person actually is trying to say. So I just highly recommend Sundays. I highly recommend life groups. Prayer meetings, special meetings, which, by the way, we have a special meeting today at 1 o'clock. Everybody's invited. And what those special meetings are is a way to try to uh, bring discipleship to us as a flock. Because Sunday morning, there's a lot going on Sunday morning. And so many times uh, my passage or my text, what I'm preaching on, is uh, it's packaged in a way that unbelievers would be able to get. And so in like 30 to 45 minutes, whether you've been in the Lord 45 years or this first time you've ever gone to a church, you can understand the message and take something away. Discipleship is what Jesus told us to do. Go and make disciples. And so I want to be able to go deeper, and I'm highlighting some of the foundations of what it is to be a Christian. So we've gone over being born again to the point where I, I hope everybody that was there is comfortable with being able to share the gospel and lead someone to the Lord in, in wherever you might find yourself. Uh, last month, I talked about water baptism because I think that's the one-two punch of the gospel, right? Get saved, get baptized. And then from there on, you start growing in the Lord. So today, I'm going to talk about what it means to live a spirit-filled life. And I know there's lots of phraseology out there that kind of makes some people nervous, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, uh, spirit-filled life, uh, charismatics, uh, Pentecostals. Uh, uh, can I just, I just want to assure you, I want to talk about what the Bible says about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because John said, I'm going to baptize you with water, but the one who comes behind me, he will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. So it's not a denominational thing. It's not a, a new age thing. It's not a current thing. It is what Jesus said we could expect. We could be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I just want to talk about some scriptures that will reinforce that. And uh, at the end of that, just try to give us some real practical ways how we can invite Holy Spirit into our lives, how we can live a life that teaches us to be more sensitive to him, his direction, his voice, his interaction in our life, so that we can be the Christians we want to be. Amen? Okay, so you've got... Sundays, life group, prayer meetings, special meetings. Uh, one-on-ones are awesome. You don't have to just meet with the pastor. If, if you're feeling a little under the weather or you're super excited, you want to talk to me, invite somebody out to lunch on Sunday. It's, it's awesome. One-on-one, -on -one, you can't replace one-on-one -on -one connectivity in the body of Christ. Uh, then there's always phone calls, emails, texts. And the other things that we're going to talk about here, this is our website. So I don't know if you've ever gone to our website and checked it out, but... If you go to our website, this is what you'll find. And then this is what's called the homepage. Uh, could you click the About button, please? 
So if you click the about, my 62-year-old eyes need me over here. <laughs> so on that, it tells you about our Sunday service. It tells you who we are, what we believe, our mission, and our vision. Can you click on sermons, please? So if you click on sermons, it'll give you latest sermons, and then it'll give you our sermon archives. So if you missed a sermon somewhere along the line, you can go right there and you can catch up with us. Can you hit community, please? So this is the community. It tells you kind of what's going on. Yep, just keep scrolling down. Thank you, Jake. Just keep going. So it tells you who we are, what we're kind of about in the community that we have here. It tells you about our life groups. It tells you about our monthly groups, game nights, men's breakfast, that kind of thing. Prayer gatherings and our mission. Can you go up and click on events, please? And there's the different events that are going on, the events that are coming up this summer. They're all right there with all the details. Can you hit blog, please? So with the blog, you can find all our old bulletins. So if you lost one of your bulletins, it'll be right there. And that'll, again, that'll tell you where everything is and what's going on. Can you hit connect, please? So this is how you can contact us. Uh, you can reach out to us. You can stop by for a visit. There's the address. You can connect to us by texting the word welcome. So if you're not, if you're as tech savvy as me, all you have to do uh, on any smartphone is you go into the texting feature and you type the word welcome. And then you send it to that number, 616-208-2880. And that will take you to a site that you can then give as little or as much information as you want. But then I'll have your phone number and your text. So when I send out any kind of group text to the whole church, you'll be in that. So if something gets canceled because of weather or if there's going to be a special thing going on or if we need a special prayer request, something like that, that's how it happens through the connecting by text. So just type the word welcome, send it to 616-208-2880, and then you'll have everything that you need there. And then the last one, of course, is you can email us at info at ncfwio.com, which incidentally, if you're on a new computer, you buy a computer, you don't want to have to type Newhall Christian Fellowship uh, all in. All you have to do anywhere is you just type in ncfwio.com. It'll take you to our website. So you can either type info at ncfwio.com or you can send an email to me. That's my personal email address, myoung at ncfwio.com. And the last one, if you could click on giving, please. So more and more people are choosing to give through PayPal. And so we, that name up there, Rivertown Park Community Church, doing business as Newhall Christian Fellowship. The reason for that is when we moved in the past, we, got the, we put the new name here, Newhall Christian Fellowship, because that's who we are. We're in Newhall. We're a Christian fellowship. So don't let that name change bother you. For us to get rid of that name and get all the new qualifications with the government for a church and the name change, we would have had to spend between eight and $10,000. Um, I'll just leave that up there and let you know why we got that. <laughs> we can spend eight grand a lot better than the government can. So I think that's it. So I've covered the website. I covered text and church. The last thing I want to encourage you in, if you are already in the church directory, Awesome. If you're not in the church directory, could you please give me your email address? That's all you have to do. Just give me your email address. 
then I can go on our website for instant church directory. I type in your email address. And then when you go back to that site the next time, you'll find your email address and they'll ask you to make your own password, which I won't have your password. You can have your password and that'll get you into the church directory. And with the, once you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can have your picture in there. You can have a picture of your whole family in there, all your names. You can have your birthdays in there, your anniversaries in there, your email, your phone, texting, all of that stuff. So you can see everybody else that's in the church, and they got their contact information. And most of us have pictures. So when you come to church sometimes, this is what I found many times. I have some, someone come up and go, hey, pastor, can I get that guy's information? Um, sure, which guy? Well, I don't know. Um, well, where does he sit? Um, I think he was on that one side. Okay, um, I don't know who you're talking about. If I did, I might have his info and I'd, I'd maybe give it to you. I'll certainly get a hold of him and say you want to reach him and then they can reach out to you. The directory is such a better way. So all the information in the directory, if you put it in there, then obviously you know that you want your information made public and anybody can reach out to you and contact you, which is what we want in the body of Christ. Amen? So if you want to get in the directory, just give me your email address. And if you're curious about it, you can go online. It's under Instant Church Directory. If you search that, you'll see what the whole program is and what it's all about. Instant Church Directory. So I think that's... Oh, one last thing. Church picnics. So in the idea of staying connected, these are the things we have coming up this summer. On July 19th and August 16th, both at 6.30 p.m., uh, we're going to have picnics over at Lamar Park in Wyoming. And so we've rented the whole, the, um, what do they call that? Pavilion, there it is. Uh, we've rented the pavilion. We got the park for three hours. So we can go in there, we can set up, have a great time. It's right by the playground. So I'm really excited about it. That should be a really good time. Uh, we have to be out of there at 8.30. So we'll start clean up at 8 so that we can be out of there on time. We rented it from 5.30 to 8.30. That's that's the rest of the story. So um, as we get closer, we'll do a sign-up sheet. We'll have a, a sign-up sheet right in the foyer for people to be able to sign up for setup, cleanup, serving, grilling, all the different kinds of stuff. Because it's the idea is it's a family picnic. So the family all together will do it, not just a couple of people doing all the work. So if you have any questions with this, just shoot me a text, shoot me an email, give me a phone call, or come and visit me. Amen? All right. So, are we at Hebrews chapter 10? So, I'm just going to read about six verses. Hebrews chapter 10, starting with verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
So this is a powerful passage, and I just want to highlight two points, two main points, if you will. Uh, number one is let us draw near, and number two, let us consider one another. Because many times when we talk about church, church attendance, belonging at a church, many times it's, it's under the framework of I'm going to go in, I'm going to get something, and I'm going to go out. And church should be a family meeting together where everybody's interacting and helping to build each other up even as we bring glory to God. So I love how it starts out. This is what I'm going to start out with. Let us draw near. So I'm going to kind of bounce around in a little bit because I want to emphasize a couple things in this passage. And then when we go back and we reread it, you'll, you'll understand why I did it this way. So he says, let us draw near. Verse 22, he says, with a true heart and full assurance of faith. I, I love that. Let's draw near to God. We come to church, shoot, when we get up in the morning, Monday through Saturday, let us draw near to God with our full assurance of faith. Sometimes when, when we get ready to, to draw near to God, the devil will instantly go, um, excuse me, Mike, this is what you blew last week. You're not going to draw near to God. Uh, until you get at least half of this stuff right, don't even bother. Can I tell you that's a lie? That is the exact opposite of the truth. The Bible says draw near to God in a heart full of assurance of faith. I'm going to draw near to him because of my faith in Jesus, not because of my track record. I'm completely and fully assured I'm drawing near to him with a true heart full of assurance in faith in Jesus. If I'm going to get my assurance from my track record, good luck. Right? It's always all about Jesus. So we're going to draw near with our hearts full of assurance of my faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and who he is to me. Then he goes on to say in verse 22, same verse says, hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed. Which for us, um, 2023 in America, those words don't mean a whole lot. But that audience that Jesus and what Paul would have been speaking to, they were raised in the Hebrew system of the priesthood where they brought their, their sacrifices in. And some of the sacrifices were sprinkled with water. Some of the sacrifices were washed with water. Some of the people were sprinkled with blood from the blood of the sacrificed animal. So when you're sprinkled and you're washed, it's talking about being completely clean of all the sin. It's, it's talking about being approved of God and sanctified and set apart for his purposes. Wow. So our hearts are sprinkled, cleansed from an evil conscience. Do you know the devil tries to take us out with our track record and our consciences? Tries to do it all the time. Tries to condemn us. The devil always condemns us with our past, and God comes and encourages us with our future. I, I can't change my past. The past, the past is done. But my future... Uh, sky's the limit. God says he's got a future full of hope with good plans for my life and for your life. So when I come to the Lord, because of who Jesus is, what he's already done for me, what he's going to do for me, man, my conscience is cleansed because I did blow some stuff. I did make mistakes. Who am I kidding? I out and out sinned. Yep. But all that stuff's washed under the blood of the lamb. So my dirty, filthy conscience, I can go, hold on a second. Before I get too close, you got, I, got to, I just got to repent. A, B, and C, I'm, I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me and cleanse me? Now I'm going to turn in faith. I'm going to draw near to God. I'm going to focus on Jesus, what he's done for me, and his plans for my life. Whew. 
heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed. He goes on to say in verse 23, hold fast to that confession of hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So as we're drawing near to God, it's like the closer I get to him, the more I'm focusing on him, focusing on his promises, getting myself cleansed and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, now I'm drawing close to God. God, what do you got for me now? Where are we going with this today? Where do you want to go in the word today? What promise do you want to remind me of today? That's way better than going, maybe I'll be good enough tomorrow to hear God. Ugh. We got to release our faith towards God in God because of what Jesus did. He says, therefore, brethren, after we've done all this stuff, I mean, it's just three simple steps. He says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, wow, I could do a six-week series just on that one verse alone. It's so full. He says, once we got our hearts, our, our consciences are cleansed, we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, our hearts are focused on the work of Christ and how much God loves us, how much the Lord loves us. Once we're thinking that, we're focused on that, we got our faith going, with great boldness, we go into the, we enter into the holiest. And again, 2023 Americans entering into the holiest, it's, that's some kind of a Bible term, right? It doesn't have a ton of weight for us. But the Jews, back at the time that this was written, that would have been ginormous. Their only reference point to that would have been in the temple, and I've described this many times, in the temple, when you come through all the courts and you get right here and you're, you're by the altar and the Ark of the Covenant is over there and you have this huge curtain going across and it's literally 30 feet by 60 feet and it's four inches thick. And only one guy went behind that thing one time a year to make a sacrifice, to apply the sacrifice for all the people of faith in that community. One guy once a year. Oh, and by the way, they put bells on him because if he wasn't just right and he went back there and all of a sudden it was silent and didn't hear no more bells, they're going to have to draw a straw and see who has to go get that dude. <laughs> it was serious. So now, through focusing on the work of Christ, now being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, having our consciences sprinkled, we can come boldly into the holies. That's the presence of God. The holiest of holies, that's the presence of God that you and me can go into. Whew, man. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus and by a new and living way. Again, those guys way back then to go into the holiest of holies, the one guy one day a year, he would have went in with blood from a dead animal. We're covered in the blood of the lamb, a new and living way. Jesus Christ is alive. He's not still in that tomb. We're going through with the blood of the lamb that continues to cleanse us, power wash us every single day of our lives, clean, clean through the living sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our living Savior. Man, I, I can't exaggerate. I can't, I can't make it big enough to what it really is. I can go right into the face of God because what Jesus has done for me. I don't have to wait out here and go, oh, man, that... Whew, last week was a bad one. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I got to wait until I don't feel guilty anymore. 
I got to wait until I do some good things. I got to wait until somebody around me says that I'm a good person. So then I have some self-value that maybe I can go and maybe ask God for something because I'm just me. That is a lie. Paul is trying to tell us as plain and as powerful as he can because of who Jesus is, because of what Jesus did for you, because of who you are in Christ. You've been completely clean. Now let's get close to God. Let's get intimate with God in his very presence and talk to him. Man, after he says all this, he says, oh, and by the way, we have a high priest over the house of God. We're the house of God. We have a high priest. So imagine any priest you've ever seen doing some kind of a ceremony or how long a priest has been at a church. He grew the church up to this or that. goes for a pastor too. Imagine if I could just sit down and Jesus incarnate would stand here and preach to you guys. Imagine if I could have just took a seat and Jesus would have been laying hands praying on you guys today. Imagine if Jesus is going to meet you in your quiet time, in your prayer time. That, that's what Paul's talking about. He's our own personal high priest. That's Jesus Christ who shed his blood for us, who is the living sacrificial lamb, who's excited to spend time with us face to face. The holiest of holies. So then he says, oh, by the way, so let us draw near. Yeah, I want to draw near after all those truths and promises. Yes. He says, let us draw near right into the very presence of God. Whew. Hebrews 4.16 says this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wow. You know, again, and maybe it's just me. But sometimes I don't feel like getting close to God. And then sometimes I have to refocus my thoughts so I don't act on how I feel but on my faith. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mercy and grace covers everything. Now, I don't care how good a week you had, how bad a week you had. Mercy and grace covers. Mercy takes away the punishment and the judgment that maybe we had coming. Grace appropriates every good thing from God. Come boldly and have mercy or grace that you can get anything you need in your time of need. Not when you're doing great. Not when you think you earned a little something. When you're in need, come in boldness. So what would that look like? This is what I think it would look like. Did you guys see any of that King Charles coronation? Can't nobody do a ceremony like the Brits. Let me just say that. These cats got uniforms for some guy that's going to put your uniform on you. It, it's just crazy. Everything, every medal, every ribbon. But in that, if you, if you saw this thing or you see any pictures this week, oh, by the way, they spent $320 million on that three-day event. Um, so it's in uh, Westminster Abbey, huge cathedral, ancient cathedral. They've got all this ornate stuff, and the, the king and the queen are up here. And I don't know, there was two or 300 people that were also looked like straight out of 1750. Um, there was a whole bunch of priests. There was, there was, was 2,000 important people in, in that building. And to be there, you had to either be um, part of the royal family, so other royalties, or part of other royal families in other nations, or presidents, or, you know, that kind of high up 
people in the world structure, or you had to be like Nobel Peace Prize winners. Um, they have a special medal over there that you, you can earn when you're in battle and war. And so if you had that, they were invited. But there's 2,000 of the most important people basically on the planet that were approved and invited to be at that thing. So even if any of us wanted to be at it, we couldn't have been there. We couldn't have spent all our life savings and gotten through the front door to be there. That is looser than the Old Testament when God would have been in the Holy of Holies. We could not have paid enough money to get back there. We never would have been approved or invited to get back there. One guy from the right family at the right time one day a year could go back there. Paul says, now hold on a second. Let me just change this. He says, come boldly. So picture King Charles yesterday and he's, he's on his throne. He's got all this hoo-ha on. He's got his hat and wife's got the same thing. And they're, I mean, they're dressed like, wow, it's crazy. Imagine seeing me come in the door and they're like in the middle of talking. And then someone says, hey, Pastor Mike, why don't you just go in there boldly and ask him for something. Hey! What's up, King? Glad to see you. Oh, dude, you are rocking that hat. Uh, no, not high five. What's up, Queenie? Come on. I need a loan. I need to get a new car. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I think they would have explained it crystal clear to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be upgraded. So Paul says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Man. Now consider Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who's washed us clean, completely clean. He tore the veil that separated us from our Father, and he is our high priest that has made a way for you and me to come into the very presence of God any time we want. That's half of what I'm talking about today. That's the first half. <sighs> Let us draw near. That's how we draw near. That's a picture of that. The second half, if you skip down to verse 24, the last two verses of this passage, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we've been changed. We all know that we've been changed. If you're a born-again Christian, you've been changed completely. The Bible says, behold, all things are new. You are a new creation. That's us. But we've been changed together. We're not all here on our own little single plans. We're drawing near to God together. We're, we're valuing Jesus together. We're moving on in Christ, in his purposes, together. As we draw near to God, I'm drawn near with you, not away from you. I'm going to go over here and do my own thing. It's like, no, I'm doing this. Come on, next to me. Together, let's do this. He says, he says let us consider one another in order to stir up good works. Man, when I think about I'm drawn on to God, and I'm going to consider you guys so I can stir up love and good works. There's, there's two ways I can look at that. Number one, I can go, okay, well, I'm going to try to encourage you in the Lord so that you'll do a lot of stuff for me. I, I want to encourage you in love and good works. I don't think that's what he's saying. 
I think Paul's saying, draw near to God, get filled up in the Holy Ghost, get filled up in the love of God, get all the mercy and grace that you need. Now consider those around you so that you can stir up in your heart love and good works. That's what I think he's after. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I don't have to think about you to know what I want and need today. I kind of keep that right here all the time. All of us do. There's a a modern word for an old way of a heart condition. The modern word is self-centric. Doesn't that sound nice and clean? Do you know what self-centric means? It means you're (laughs) self-centered. Okay, just call me self-centric. That doesn't hurt so much. But we all know what we want, right? I don't have to go, okay, let's see. What was my favorite food again? Um... We all know what that is. What's our favorite dessert? What's our favorite chair at home? What's our favorite television show? What's our favorite kind of car? What's our favorite hobby? Where's our favorite people? We got it all. In a perfect world, that's all we'd have. Well, this ain't a perfect world. And we're called to think about the goodness of God and draw near to him so that I can stir up love in my heart for you guys. I want to draw near to God so I can stir up my heart for good works towards you guys. Imagine a church with that, that culture. I'm only getting close to God so I can pour it out on you guys. A lot of times people go into church and they go, well, I go to that church because it's really entertaining and I like the worship. So right from the get-go, they're going to church to consume, not to contribute. And you don't find that in the Bible. I don't find it anywhere in the Bible. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. If Jesus came to serve, then what's he called me to do? Man. So he says, Draw near to the Lord. He says, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. That's in me towards you and in you towards everyone. We can give up on each other like some do, or we can push through. You know, um, church hopping, church shopping, that's really not new. Even back then, people would come to church and they, they think it's an awesome church in the beginning. Wow, these people are really friendly. Wow, we really like how they're doing things. Oh, and then they get their feelings hurt. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've never had your feelings hurt at church. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'll bet I could say that you've never had your feelings hurt five times, and I bet we still couldn't get hands up. If I ask things like if you've been hurt really bad by someone at church in this church, I bet we still, some of us have to say, yep. That's true. Paul would tell us it's nothing new. Anytime you get a bunch of people together, somebody's going to get hurt. A lot of times, most of the time, it's because the devil started something, got a misunderstanding, a miscommunication that someone reacts wrong to, and we're off to the races. No one intentionally goes, you know what, I'm going to go to church today. I'm just going to mess with somebody. (laughs) Well, I hope nobody's thinking like that. I wonder how long it would take for me to get that person to leave our church. Wow. Said nobody. But when you get your feelings hurt and the devil comes by going, you know what, they shouldn't have said that to you. You know what, someone should have came over and gave you a hug. They could see you were upset. You know what those person did? You know what that person didn't do? And pretty soon, because our feelings are hurt and the devil's lying to us, we're like, hmm, they must have done that on purpose. And we leave the church. It's not uncommon All of us know plenty of people who have left churches, right? Paul says, come on, let's let's draw near to God. Let's get full of God. Then let's consider each other so that out of who I am in Christ and all that I got from, I'm going to love you guys 
And I'm going to give things, I'm just going to love on you. I'm going to love you and love on you. I'm going to love you and I'm going to do things for you to encourage you in your, in your relationship with God. And I don't care if there's misunderstanding. I don't care if I get my feelings hurt once in a while. Because I love you guys and I love the Lord and I know he's doing something great with us. Let's draw near to God together. What do you say? That's what Paul's telling us to do. Exhort one another. Do you know exhort means strongly encourage someone to do something? We need to be exhorting one another. Hey, did you draw close to God this week? Well, what happened? What was that like? Did, did you talk to God yesterday? You did? Well, what was that like? Tell me. Oh, man, you ought to go do that. Can I go with you the next time you go and spend time with God? That sounds kind of exciting. So after you spent all that time with God, what would you do? Well, I went over to Walmart, and I was going to go buy some stuff for Pregnancy Resource Center, and I could see this one guy was hurting for certain. So I just asked if I could pray for him. Guess what? I prayed for him, ended up leaving the Lord, and then I prayed for his ankle. He had a cracked ankle, and he got healed. What? Draw near to God. Get our tanks full. Stir up each other. Hey, so who would you talk to this week? What do you mean? Well, after you, you know, got full of God, then... You went to work. Did you talk to somebody? What happened? Oh, yeah, that's right. On Tuesday, but if we're not asking each other, we won't be thinking like that. So let's do what Paul said. Exhort one another. That means to strongly encourage. It's just this side of bullying someone. <laughs> what have you done for God? What are you doing for God? What are you believing for God? Because I'm right there with you. I will join with you. And he closes it up with this. He says, especially as we see the day approaching. Whew. Paul wrote these 2,000 years ago. If Paul thought the day was close, um, it must be really close for us right now. Not to mention that none of us are guaranteed to, to live to be 100. All of us have lost people uh, younger than us. Some of us have lost many people. 20s, 30s, they're gone. Who thought they were going to live to be 75 or 80? We don't know how low how... We don't know how much time we've got left. Our time might be over very soon. How do we want to leave here? When we see Christ face to face, I, I, I want to exhort you. I want to strongly encourage you. Let's live in a way so that it's like I leave here, I go up there to heaven, because I've spent so much time with him, it's like, oh, we just pick up right where we left off yesterday. Because I've been in your presence every single day for years. So heaven's very, very comfortable to me. We live that way. And we show up. It's like I don't want to be the one who shows up and smells like smoke. <laughs> that, that verse is in the Bible. Some people are going to be saved and get to heaven with the smell of smoke on them. That's how close they were to damnation. They still smell like smoke. So I don't want to be that guy. I want to be way over here. I want to bring some talents with me. Remember when I was talking about talents and multiplication? God, these are what you've given me. This, this is what I got by faith in you and believing in your promises. Amen? Let's exhort each other. Let's, let's draw nigh to God. Let's get close to God. Let's spend time with God in his promises, in his word, worshiping him, just listening to him. What, what do you have for today, Lord? Who should I call? Where should I go, Lord? What, do you, what scripture do you want me to look up? And just let him speak to us. Draw an eye unto God. Get strength in God. And then let's try to live for God. And exhort each other. Man, I sure love you, man. I really appreciate how you did this. I really appreciate this about you. You know, when you do this, I've seen it really affect a few people at our church. Just last Sunday, I saw you change a person when you 
fill in the blank, so we can encourage each other in what God's called us to do.